what's going on everybody welcome back to the friends podcast man thank you for joining us here today and if it's your first time as i always say thank you for coming through and listening to uh, what we got to say today so let me go ahead and introduce myself my name is matt and i'm here with my co-host it's rod back with the friends podcast again always as i always say make sure you subscribe we're streaming everywhere apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music iHeartRadio and youtube check us out yeah, please do, man. We're trying to do big things over here. So like he said, do everything he just said and definitely interact with us, man. We're trying to build the engagement and, you know, kind of get engaged with everybody and, um, you know, kind of build some friends, excuse me, build some friends and relationships from, from this podcast. So let us know how we can improve all those cool things. So let me go ahead and start off by asking you about your week. What was going on uh, this week for you? This week was a pretty good week for me. And not too busy, but just busy enough. Went out with some co-workers, had a good dinner at this Italian place called, I believe it's Carmine, right in Manhattan. Very popular place. Uh, the food was delicious, some good wine, good people. So, yeah, what about you? Damn, that sounds pretty good, man. Um, everything was good for me this week. You know, of course, work and editing and, you know, of course, doing trying to do some stuff for the pod. I did go to this DJ set. Uh, Talib Kweli was was in the city last night, so had to pull up to that DJ set. So he kind of played like some rap shit, some soul shit, some funk shit, Kweli. all kinds. Of, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. So yeah, it was a good time though. Like definitely a lot of uh, a lot of ladies in the building, uh, some good vendors and stuff like that. So that was definitely a good time. Right in uh, downtown Detroit, or. No, it wasn't downtown. I want to say it was in, like, New Center area. It's off, like, Milwaukee Ave, this place called Tangent Gallery. It's, like, right off what we're, like, New Center, possibly. But, yeah, not not exactly downtown. Okay. One thing that I, like, uh, I really like about Tyler Kweli is consistency. He, he definitely drops a lot of music. But that's interesting that he had a DJ set. And that's what he's doing with his career and kind of making moves, still playing music and get to have like a different kind of vibe going on yeah you're totally right though like his music output is crazy he also has a podcast too called the people's party that i like a lot so he does that and i think he's been djing for like a couple years and and whatnot he was pretty good though like his cut his transfers and the the songs was good like he sounded like he knew what he was doing and i want to say i don't know if he was using the turntables but who uses those these days anyway yeah i mean other than that i mean Kwali and that Kanye interview, <laughs> Ooh, like at the drink chance when when Kanye was like, Man, "I just do don't fuck with Tyler Kwali's music." All right, and you don't have to. And I'm just be like, "Man, like <laughs> he got so much music." And I was looking at his uh the documentary, mm-hmm. and literally Tyler Kwali was one of the first people that Kanye put like he picked Kanye on stage like one of the first artists to actually right. do that exactly so it's just surprising that like he would go back and turn his back on someone who did something like that that kind of jump started his career when everybody was looking at him as a producer instead of a rapper so mm-hmm. that's crazy though like it always be your own niggas though but I feel like they probably been beefed out for like some years over just their views and stuff like that but oh uh, yeah yeah, that's fucked up, dog. Kwali's a very outspoken uh, artist and talks a lot about politics and all that. And I know he has some comments on on Ye about uh, he want to be president and doing all that stuff like that. So I, I feel like that's definitely where it came from. 
because he was mad at John Legend. He was, <laughs> Kanye was mad at John Legend. He was mad at fucking everybody. Anybody who was against him, he was mad. Right. But um, um, shit. What was I gonna say? But yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get into these topics today. I guess you want to go ahead and intro that. Yeah. So the first segment here, we're gonna just have some discussion. And this discussion right here is going to be a pretty interesting one when it comes to music. And it has to deal with intros. What are some of the best intros on the album? And I, I got this, like, twirling my uh, fingers a little bit and, my, and like, brainstorming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, of course, like, everyone knows the Meek Mill dreams and nightmares when, it, when they think of an intro. Like, in this day and age, in our, in our generation. Yeah, that's probably one of the top intros. But then I started to get a little bit more deeper, and I was like, "There's actually a lot of intros from back in the day, um, leading up to now." And I, I got a big list here. So, yeah, let's start off by naming a few back and forth, and like jump off each other that way. All right, yeah, sounds good to me. Go ahead and go first. All right, so of course I already just said Meek Mill dreams and nightmares. So when that came out, it was ridiculous. Like <laughs> I remember being in college and like when that song like jump on, like the whole party, the floor just starts rocking. Everybody, bro. Like every single body in the in the in the whole crowd just starts yelling. Hell yeah. <laughs> every word for word. But it's only really at like everybody really, really get into it when he when he's when he starts saying, Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finna like that's when everybody start coming in. But if you really know the song, do you know it from the beginning? Man, it, it's it's uh, so many quotables from that from that uh just that intro there. And I feel like that's pretty important when it comes to intros, like those quotables. You'd be like it, it just hit different. And then also another one I would say is this one might be a little slept on, but I'm not sure. You, you can uh, let me know. But Drake's from uh, Take Care album, Over My Dead Body. Oh, yeah, yeah. That intro there was probably one of the top intros that, that Drake ever put out ever. And just like that record in general was very, like, very introspective. And uh, it also kind of led on to... I feel like it was a great starter for the rest of the album. It kind of laid it out perfectly. Nah, I agree. Cause that's my favorite Drake album. So yeah, of course I, I fuck with that intro. That one in Tuscan Leather. Um, so that Tuscan Leather was from uh shit that the Blue album where where it was he was yeah. like looking at the clouds. But yeah, that intro, like you said, it set up the album so perfectly. It sounded like real different too. Like that sample that they, that they used yeah. was like real. It's kind of eerie a little bit. But um, yeah, I definitely fuck over my dead body. You know a sample they use there? I honestly don't know, but I'm gonna look it up though. Go ahead. Well, actually, let me, I'm, I'm gonna name one and I'm gonna look it up. So, for my intros, I want to start off with like one of my favorites, just all time, like forever. Like when I remember when I first heard this shit like years ago, um, that Jay Z intro from the Rock La Familia album. Um, it's just something about that shit. It's just it's vivid like like rod said it's such a that's it's so important to set up the album like people just be doing some bullshit sometimes and just kind of throwing us one of their songs as an intro but i feel like the point of the intro like rod said is set the album up and i think that the intro from rock la familia oh my god it did just that 
I actually like I was looking at this list of some of the best intros, and that came up, and I went back and listened to it, but I feel like it didn't it didn't hit me like like what you're saying when I like was first listening to it. I didn't I didn't get the same feeling. Maybe because it's like an old record, or I don't know. Yeah, because that came out in like 2000. The album was from 2000, but yeah, I, I don't know. That just since I've heard it so long ago, like now we got new music and shit like that. But since I heard it way back then, not back in 2000, but you know when I was doing my research, probably like 10, 15 years ago, it just hit me back then. You know. Yeah, I see like how it started off. It's like your gangster not defined by how long your jeans fall below your waist. Mm. See, he was talking that shit back then. Trying to make people switch up their uh switch up their wardrobe and all that type of shit. But that's um, what how that's him when he was wearing the suit on the cover. Um yeah, no, nope. Not that album. That's the album where it's like black and white and he like um Or is he? I think the suit the suit one is blueprint. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. No, this is when we song with the rock. Yeah, with the bandana on the bandana. front. Okay. Hell yeah. Yep. And the, the second song is really good too. Change the game with Beanie and Memphis. I know that shit word for word. Like that's my shit. But oh uh, yeah, any all the records with uh, Beanie and Jay Z. Those were yeah. yeah. This can't be life, man. I still listen to it's on. I don't know if you remember that one, but like once again, it's on like by Beanie. Like that's that's still my shit. Um. I'm trying to find this sample for over my dead body, but I cannot find this shit. Have you listened to any Beanie records recently? Like, I feel like his voice is so much different now. Ever since I didn't he get shot or something. Yeah, I think he got shot. It's either he got shot or like he got some type of disease. But yeah, his his like vocal cords is like totally transformed. I haven't heard no recent shit though. Have you? Yeah, he was on uh God Don't Make Mistakes. And Lock Low, uh, like he had a great verse on there from uh, Conway and the Machines album there. Okay, okay. But it's just like his voice is, it's always it's just like very raspy and it's just not super clear at times. But it's like it definitely for that type of record, he was perfect on it. So that's the kind of grimy feel that Conway is like known for. Like when it comes to that grimy rap, and you think of today, yeah. like. It's so reminiscent from back in the day and be, what Beanie used to do. Man, yeah, because he was, I ain't going to say he was one of the pioneers, but yeah, he was definitely doing that same type of shit like 20 years ago. Yeah. Going stupid. He was really, I feel like he was really a lyricist too. Um, I think the first time Beanie was on a record was on the Roots album. Um, damn, Things Fall Apart, I think. I think he was on uh, Adrenaline. Um he snapped on there. That was like 97. So, yeah, he been doing that shit. It was kind of fucked up that his voice is not, you know, where it need to be. Cause that's one of the most important things, your voice. You know, if you don't got that, then shit, what you got? Yeah. So, I'm going to go in and go into my next one pick here. And this one's not hip-hop or anything like that, but it's definitely one of my favorite albums of all time. And I've mentioned that in the past. It was Currents from Tame Impala. That particular album was just fire. It was on top albums of the year for sure. And the number one album that I feel like lays the foundation for that album perfectly. And just that kind of like psychedelic and yeah. music intensive sound, which was Let It Happen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a super long track, but it's like you listen to it and then you kind of just melt into the beat. 
Yeah, I think it's mostly instrumental too. Like I think a yes, lot sir. of the, the last part is like a instrumental, which is dope. Um, that's definitely one of my favorites too. Because Tame Impala, like I don't listen to rock music too much, but psychedelic rock is my shit. And I have somebody psychedelic too that I want to bring up. Um, one of the pioneers, really, of psychedelic rock, which is Jimi Hendrix. The Purple Haze uh, introduction track off of um, off of Jimi Hendrix's first album is a great, great intro, man. What album was that? Was that the Jimi Hendrix uh, experience? It's, it was his first album. I can't remember. And I'm, I'm about to look it up, but uh, I can't remember like the name specifically. But I'm about to tell you. In the second, it was. I want to say it was the one that was like purple and yellow. Um. Damn, I can't even find it right now. But yeah, is that's that intro is, is crazy. Yeah, I feel like it's, that's a Jimi Hendrix experience. Nah, it's it's Are You Experienced? Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, 1967. Yeah. Really the pioneer for sure. Yeah, man. He definitely one of those. Um no, nah, I'm tripping. It's not it's not a... No, it is, it is, it is. Yeah. It's it's Are You Experienced? Yeah, so yeah, he definitely one of the pioneers of that shit, and and you can even hear like how it transformed from a like, Jimi Hendrix, and then like uh, like Parliament Funkadelic, they was doing psychedelic shit, and then now you got twenty in twenty tens, you know, white white dude from Australia is doing like psychedelic shit, so it's kind of crazy how music transformed like that. Yeah, what's another one that you got? Let's see, what else do I have on here? Of course, I have Dreams and Nightmares as well. We already talked about that. I want to also talk about Kendrick Lamar. And now Kendrick got a couple of intros that I really fuck with. Um, not, not a, like, But my favorite one that I'll say is Wesley's Theory from To Pimp a Butterfly. I think that um, like even when the way it comes in and it, it fades in with every nigger as a star, I just think that's interesting to put that at the very top of your album like with the hard er <laughs> like that that was just very interesting because of course all kinds of people is gonna hear this and they're gonna hear that like that striking you know yeah it was a, it was a sample yeah yeah it was yeah so that was that was real interesting um i really like that wesley's theory and it sounds of course george i think george clinton was on there too speaking of speaking of um funkadelic parliament yeah um so yeah shout out to kendrick and that wesley's theory I'm kind of going to lead more into uh, one of the people we were talking about earlier was Kanye West. I think he has some of the best intros when it comes to albums. Oh, yeah. And one of the recent ones, I could say The Life of Pablo. And the track was Ultra Light Being. We don't want no devils in the house. <laughs> like when he had that little girl was screaming it. And that, that kind of just set that <laughs> up perfect and for a gospel album and then how it just went into the beat and that was not no gospel album <laughs> uh yeah i mean i guess after this album like it kind of led to his his gospel albums yeah and i feel like it led up to like the current kind of we see now like that's kind of how i feel like right. ultralight beam like if that song was like on any other album like even his most recent album like it would fit perfectly for sure and this this album like also set up an artist that became huge at the time just for like his his run, which was Chance the Rapper, because he had a standout verse here. Like he put Chance the Rapper on the map, 
Yeah, I mean, he even got his first Grammy um, coming off of like an independent, supposedly independent album. And like every, like that verse was just, I, I wish we see more of this kind of chance, like after that. Like, but he, he put his all in this one right here. It was really, really good. Yeah, it's like, where's Chance? I, like when we talked about one of our past episodes. The funny thing about that is he actually just dropped a song like a couple days ago. Or maybe two songs. Who? I didn't hear it yet, though. Chance the Rapper. Oh, he did? Yeah, I didn't hear it yet, though. But it's it's, um, it's definitely some... I want to say the title was something like God-related. So he's still on his religious shit. Yeah, with his family and... and uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to check that out, but I haven't heard anyone really talking about it or his music really making waves anymore out there. Um, the big day, so. Not yet. But yeah, I mean, this this um, particular intro here was fire. So another another one from Kanye. Good Morning. Oh, yeah. Good Morning was from the album Graduation. Graduation, yeah. Which one of Kanye's... West most known, most sold albums. It might be his most sold album. Uh, maybe. Cause that's the one with stronger. Yeah, this one, yeah, for sure. Has like every, I feel like mostly every song on this album is probably known. Mm-hmm. And just the way that it even comes in. Good morning. Like that's and then wake up, Mr. West. And I think he even had a, a comedian that came in and like was doing the voices in the beginning. Yeah, D. Ray Davis. Yeah, D. Ray Davis. Like, shout out Chicago. Man, it like this album was like a. If if you haven't listened to this one, I, I know you probably have heard. Like, you got to go back and check this this particular intro out. Yeah, that's one. I think that's either that one is my favorite Kanye intro or um, say you will from 808s and Heartbreaks. That one is hard, and even the one from Jesus is hard too, though on site. Yeah, I even, I even um, my next one that I actually put on my list was from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which was Dark Fantasy. Like that that track right there, intro was one of my favorite intros of all time. Yeah. And that album was probably, it's definitely my favorite kind of album of all time. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And I love how Nikki was on there with her British accent. So gather around, children. Like whatever the fuck she was talking about. Yeah. That shit was hard. Nikki's always good with that. Yeah, and I think like she doing was... playing different voices and being very creative and almost cartoonish when I think of it, like very animated. Yeah, cause I think she was like when she was younger, she was in like she was she was trying to go the route of like the theater route or some shit like that. So I think that's why she can do that shit so well. Like she just used to doing that type of shit, you know. That makes so much sense because she's able to project her verse. And like her voice and all and, and like so many different ways and how she was able to navigate her career to go from like real hard hip hop rap and then she went to sort of like that popish sound where she started having the pink hair and then yeah went down that kind of uh, lane there. It's just and then now even today it's like she has like that like she's kind of going back. But like even a more like grown business acclimated type of like just just one of the uh top females in the game and the one the best female rapper to ever do it. And for the the longest span of time. For sure. Yeah, definitely. She's definitely the one with the most longevity, I, I think. 
I'm pretty sure we can say that confidently that she the one that's been around and still relevant for like the longest time. Has um, just been consistent with albums and dropped out multiple albums that's charted. Even every single that she puts out, I know she just put out one recently, and mm-hmm. they're they're just always like people are just rushing the rushing to listen. Like what's her hive called? Uh, the the barbs. The barbs. The barbs is here. Oh yeah, man. I'm hey, right. Need, I'm on right here. We need a hive, bro. Man, the friends hive. The friends hive. Or no, maybe it's probably a better name. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna think of a better name for sure. Yeah. Because when the merge comes. Oh man. shit. Yeah, be ready. Yeah, man. Yeah, but like, okay, so let's let's wrap up Kanye right quick. So would you say Dark Fantasy is your favorite intro by him? Uh I don't know if I necessarily say if that's my top one, but I feel like it's pretty hard. But I, maybe it might be a good morning for me. Yeah, I'm thinking it's good morning. I used to have that as my like my alarm clock. It was just perfect because it's called Good Morning, and it just sound like the morning should sound. I don't know what it is about that song, but like it's just good. It's just really good. Yeah, it almost kind of like he's kind of like beatboxing in the morning, like boom, boom, like the way the beat just like hits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm trying to look. So uh, his first album was an intro with like a talking intro. His second album uh, was what was it? Late, late registration was um, wake up. Also, another talking intro, and we and just kind of like to put a disclaimer. So we didn't really count the ones where like they talk on the intro. We talking about like the very first song they jump off with a song, you know. So, because yeah. I feel like that's a if if you have like your first track on your album as just talking which a lot of the past albums like they had that like i would have put a 50 cent album where but the first track he talks mm-hmm. and then the next track which was i think what's up gangster yeah what up gangster yep like that 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 was definitely gonna go on my list but i was like mm. he did technically talk on the first track and that's kind of like an intro to me yeah yeah Yo, I hate to disqualify it, but yeah, if we talk about intros, it got to be we hopping straight into a song, you know, off top, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like the song sets the tone, not the the skit. Yeah, I mean, some some of the skits be good though. That's the thing, but you know, maybe we got to do an episode on skits, like album, our favorite album skits one day too. But um, let me get into my next one. So we talked about me, we talked about Jay Z, talked about Kendrick. Um, I want to go ahead and talk about one of my favorite probably my favorite tribe intro a tribe called quest which is excursions from low end theory which is funny because that sh- that show i went to that dj set from talib Kweli, he definitely played excursions um at some point last night so but yeah that's 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 probably my favorite um i will say that's not my favorite tribe album midnight marauders is but yeah that's midnight my favorite Marauders is my favorite for sure yeah i love that one but this is my favorite tribe intro because i think Mid- midnight marauders I want to say the first the first song was um was like we just said a talking intro, if I'm not mistaken. But definitely shout out the tribe with excursions. Yeah, tribe definitely be talking in the beginning, and they have like little skits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of tribe, they, uh, Fife just released the album. R.I.P. to Fife Dog. Um, but he just released the album. I didn't hear it yet, but 
definitely gonna check that out. I haven't been listening to no new music like at all, but um, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace to Fife though. So shout out Tribe, shout out Q Tip, Ali, all them. Yeah, so this one is probably one of the most prolific artists of hip hop, rap, just music in general. Mm-hmm. And this one was from the Carter Three by Lil Wayne, Three Pete. This track right here, like this was my favorite album from Lil Wayne, which yeah. is Carter Three. And this this particular track sets the mood of the album perfectly. Three Pete. I, I I don't even know how to really like this album here. I mean, he he goes into. A, I mean, it's just three P. It was the Carter one, the Carter two, the Carter three. He has different personas. It's Mr. Carter. It's it's Wayne. It's Lil Wayne. F is for fantastic or whatever. Like fucking like <laughs> baby. Like this guy right here is is definitely one of the top musicians to ever like step foot on planet Earth. Man, he is an alien. An alien. For sure, like that man is crazy. But you know what's the interesting thing, though? Well, I don't know if it's interesting or not, but I really don't. I feel like everybody loves Carter Three. I don't really like Carter Three like that. Like I'm not a Lil Wayne album person, personally. But I don't. I don't know. I don't feel the same way about Carter Three. I feel like everybody else does. Like it's good, but I feel like he got so many better mixtapes to me. Yeah, that's the thing. He does have like a lot of great mixtapes. But when I feel like when it comes to album wise, and like the most complete album, I feel like that this was like the most complete from start to finish, and it like blew him up into like a different stratosphere where it was like million albums sold first week, like it, it was ridiculous. And then like he, the way he jumped on his record, he said, "I might go crazy on these niggas. I don't give a motherfuck. Run up in a nigga house and shoot his grandmother up." <laughs> like, I was like. Oh, that's how we starting this off? Like, <laughs> like he said some really wild shit, like, actually, like, to really start. Like, yeah, if I was to keep going, man, he said, get your baby kidnapped and your baby motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, the little wing is, oh, my God, dog. <laughs> like, that was probably one uh, of the hardest bars, like, to start off an album. It was just like, what? <laughs> What? But that's funny though, because that's what we said though. Like, it got to catch your ear just off top, and like that's the perfect way to do it. You got to make, you got to engage the listeners like from jump, and that's what Lil Wayne is so good at. Yeah, and he, he always throwing up his hood too, Holly Grove. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he he never gonna not do that for sure. But um, speaking of Lil Wayne, so I want to take it to the mixtape Lil Wayne though. So some of my favorite intros by Wayne. Um, mixtape wise, definitely, of course, no ceiling swag surf. Like, of course, like at that time, swag surf, like, I feel like swag surf kind of transformed into like being huge, huge now. But like back then, I feel like it was big too, like back when he dropped this shit. So when Lil Wayne hopped on the swag surf beat, like that shit was, man. It became his beat. It, it really was. Like, it re- I, honestly. Like, I didn't want to listen to the original anymore. Yeah, at that time, no. Nah. But like now, now the original is just like a iconic song at this point. They play that graduations. Yeah, graduations games. Like, of course, you probably you could probably hear that shit at like a 
um like a battle of the bands type shit you know like it's just it, the trans the song transcended like the artist at this point but so swag surf and of course i'm gonna put uh get em from dedication two which uh i'm a fan of dedication one over two but i fuck with this intro get em. um just a good way to open the album once again i remember when uh on the past albums like I almost like when I had to go back, I was thinking of like the Carter too, and how he had like the fly in and then the yeah. fly out. Yeah. But then when I went back and looked at the tracks, I was like, oh, he had uh, the mob right in front of fly in. And I was like, oh, because I I was like, oh, that would have definitely went there. Yeah. But oh, because fly in was like a it wasn't in like a like a little small skit type thing. Yeah, I feel like he just had like some words and then kind of a bit and then went into it. The money on my mind, which was a big ass hit. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, that was. He definitely uh, had some bars for sure on there. Yeah, that's the thing. You can just hear the progression. Like if you hear Carter one to two to three, you can just hear like the progression, just what he was on. Like just his, you know, like it's just interesting to go back and listen to that type of shit. Yeah, especially uh. Wayne being one of my, my my most favorite artists of all time for sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead and uh name off another one off your list. So let's talk about somebody from that was kind of popping around that same time. Uh so Jeezy, man, young Jeezy. Shout out to Young Jeezy. Um he had a couple of good intros, hey. I think. <laughs> yeah. Also ad libs, like he definitely underrated when it comes to ad libs for sure. Um, but yeah, so my favorite Jeezy intro of all time is Hypnotized from uh, TM102. And like that one, like I remember it was a point in time where Hypnotized, you are hypnotized. Yeah. And that was one of the ones that like bumped in the trunk. Like if you had some subs, like that's one of the ones you play. Like it, it was a bunch of songs to test your subs. Like this was one of the ones because like that motherfucking, the bass on that shit. Man, I was playing that shit out. Dog, for real. So yeah, shout out Jeezy Hypnotize. Like I said, he got some other good ones, but this one I just remember it just vividly, just playing this shit, trying to blow my speakers up. That wasn't necessarily my favorite. I have one on my list from Young Jeezy. It was from Thug Motivation 101. And it's coming to like the most vivid lines and bars. Like you're gonna hear from an artist. Like Mr. 175, he always like has reference to him cooking up. Yeah. He said, I used to hit the kitchen lights cockroaches everywhere hit the kitchen lights now it's marble floors everywhere mm. like it's just like he gets into it, it's like the scenery like of him actually in the kitchen is just like you get in that mind like man like he teaching me how to cook like i i feel like i was there like right there right, in the right, kitchen yeah learning like he's teaching you <laughs> yeah so i was like man like matt like let me taste right like come on like let me let me get a piece of the pie man and then, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, he, definitely when it comes to uh, ad-libs, one of the best to ever, like, do it. I know they still be using ad-libs today, like, in samples and things of that nature. Him and Ross. Ross, Ross ad-libs? Yeah, Ross ad-libs. I'm trying to think. Other than the huh. Yeah. I don't know what else he got. I mean, that's iconic, but what else is there? Ross got some, uh, let me see. I can't even think of no other ones. That's all. That's really all he need, though, for real. <laughs> like, you know, like that's already iconic. 
And of course, how they be opening the shit up with like main back music, like that that model oh, like yeah, saying that shit. That, that, that. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah, man. Shout out to Jeezy for that shit though. Let me go ahead and go into my next one. So one of my uh favorite intros of all time, man. Bankroll fresh Danny DeVito. And this was on his album right before he died. Like he just came in this bitch and like started rapping like straight off the top and just snapped on this shit. It's like it's like a real short song. It's probably like two minutes, but he flowed on this shit. He snapped and like D Rich killed the beat and it, it opened up. We're gonna keep saying this, but like it opened up the album and kind of under like made people understand like, oh, this is what you about to get. So shout out Bankroll Fresh, RIP to him. Uh, go listen to Danny DeVito. Man, rest in peace for sure, though, Bankroll. Yeah, man. And he also had that song with Young G, though, Young Jeezy. Mm-hmm. Dog, that's that song, man. All there. Oh my man. God. You said something about hot Cheetos. Hood nigga, hot Cheetos with a snack on. Yeah. Yeah, shout out all shout out all there, shout out Jeezy and Atlanta and Georgia. Everybody. Rest in peace to this other artist I'm about to bring up. And it's Tupac. Mm. And I know like most of y'all is like, man, he if you don't name this one, I'm turning this shit off. <laughs> For real. And it was ambitious as a rider. And even to this day, you throw that on, like it immediately gets you in like a, a different feeling, a different mood. Like just how he can like transcend generations and culture and, and the music, you still feel it. Like even a little baby you could play this in front of and they'll just start bobbing their head. Yeah, they gonna get it. Like they gonna understand like that the music was much more than than rap. And and uh this album was uh this album, this this track was was definitely along that lineage. Man, just the piano is the piano just alone is just iconic just the way it plays and then the beat come in and he was talking the shit on there and like it's just so crazy listening to like his older shit like this shit before that and then listening to like ambition like just all eyes on me in general that album like like i said with wayne you can hear the progression and he just got his his whole style changed yeah he was in a different mode when all like all eyes on me came in like him musically and just him as a man you can just tell, like, he was a lot more focused coming in. It sounded like he was focused, but then also sounded like he was, like, had a chip on his shoulder, too. Like, he was, like, he was probably going through some shit, like, some street shit or whatever. And he just was feeling like, fuck all these niggas. I'm about to put my best foot forward. They're not going to be able to even compete with this shit, which is why we're still talking about it 25 years later, you know? Yeah, for you to call a project All Eyes on Me. Like you already knew what time it was, and then <laughs> right. this was a double album as well. And the uh, first song of this too was "Can't See Me." So, man, like literally every like, I can name off a bunch of like songs like "California Love," "I Ain't Mad at You," "What's Your What's Your Phone Number," and "Wonder Why They Call You Bitch." Man, it, it's just like heaven's hard to find. Like it. He was in a different mode coming into this. And then the songs with uh, Snoop Dogg, Two of America's Most Wanted. Oh, hard. Yeah, that's that's one of my ones right there. And man, like Nate Dogg is low-key, I feel like very underrated when it comes to hooks. And they had the track Scandalous, and there was just so many other hooks. Like Nate Dogg was with Snoop and all that. Like, Yeah, and even All About You, right after Ambitions as a writer. 
Wasn't E40 on this? Uh, I feel like E40 was on this shit. I'm trying to I'm trying to scroll through the track list. And then if you at the, uh, I feel like every fucking barbecue, like grill out, family reunion, you know they're gonna play how do you want it? Oh <laughs> hell yeah! <laughs> like it's just this album was r- ridiculous and it, it is timeless. Mm-hmm. Picture me rolling. Like come on now. It's like I kind of understand when people like when they say best rappers of all time, and then when they say Tupac's name, even after all these years, it just you just look at this album and you be like, all right, yeah, I, I can understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of artists just doesn't when you talk about a full project, not just singles or anything like that. What they were able to create from start to end and the mood that they was able. To continue throughout the entire album and, and take you on a uh, journey or their story and it was a double disc yeah like and you're in tune for both both discs oh yeah yeah you you can't you can't listen to one and not fuck with the other one yeah so yeah i can understand like that's why many of these like rappers today it's just like they they don't have the full package they can't they can't carry you for an entire album you're gonna want to turn it off and a lot of the generation today i feel like they it's fast food, so they're not trying to hear like a lot of, like long songs. And these these songs here were like five, six minutes, and they were still keeping you in tune. Today, people only want to hear a couple minutes. Shit, that might be all they can write though at this point. Well, they don't even be writing no more anyway. But shit, they don't. I feel like the drive, the hunger, not the same. Like three verses per song, we're not doing that no more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they just just getting drunk and. And smoking and popping perks, and like they just going in the studio and their mental capacities just <laughs> like they they only talk about what's going on right now. Like and they looking at the, the the all the girls and stuff and probably in the studio with them and their people. They just getting hyped for a couple minutes, and they see their man's face. And they be like, all right, this is this is done. But I remember like a, uh, I heard something from Tupac and like his writing process. He used to go in the studio with a notebook and like he had like pretty much you just go in there, just record and just rip pages off and just just record, 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 record. Because like he always had in his mind, I don't know when I'm going to record again. So, yeah, it's just a, it's just a different way of recording and, and getting your words out there. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a newer artist. I don't know if you ever heard of him. O3 Greedo from um, he from L.A. Um, he kind of had this, uh, kind of had a similar thing. He like he kept, he was recording crazy, but the only reason he was doing that is because he was about to go into jail. So he was trying to get you know get all his shit you know put on wax so he, he could have shit to drop from jail. So that's kind of a different thing. And I think uh, Gucci Man was probably doing type shit like that too. But I, I, I like even kind of I thought I heard something about NBA Youngboy kind of the same process where oh yeah. Yeah, like uh, maybe I heard something in the past. I don't know where he just goes in the studio and just just records, 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 records. It makes sense though. Like if you're going to jail, like you're gonna be sitting down for some time. Like, you might as well just go do some shit. I know. Uh, who else? Who else did that shit? Um, I know the engine, engineer producer definitely got like a lot of work. <laughs> like, Hell yeah! After that, like once the rapper just goes in there for hours and just rapping all his shit that he got down. Yeah, like, just cranking them out. But it's just like, man, I know whoever was sitting there just like listening to Tupac, just rap how he was rapping and like going through that book. It's just like, 
man, that was that's an iconic moment. Like, bro, like there's just so many classics. You're like, damn, like what? Like again and again and again. <laughs> like, like this nigga, like he's not stopping. And it wasn't no bullshit either. Nah, it wasn't. That's the crazy thing about it. Like his that you had to be blessed to be in those type of in those sessions, bro. Like when he was just cranking out them songs, like classics, things that are considered classics twenty five years later. Like what? Yeah, yeah, so much to say. Yeah, man. But okay, this is gonna be my last R.I.P. I swear. So one of my other favorite intros of all time, man. Shout out to Prince, man. R.I.P. to Prince. Um, is I want to be your lover from. I want to say that was his self-titled album, uh, the one with the blue cover. We when he was on there looking zesty. Uh, <laughs> but shout out to Prince though. That's that's one of my favorite artists of all time. Jack of all trades, man. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of my favorites. Talk a little bit more about Prince and what he means to like music and the culture because. Yeah, I feel like around that time, everyone, of course, they hype up Michael Jackson. But when it comes down to Prince and how he always scream independent and only your masters. And really, Jay-Z just copied off of like what Prince was telling, telling the world and trying to like and like the whole industry and the music industry is kind of getting on that wave. It was like, yeah, we need to own our own stuff. We need to not be slaves to the industry and. Just just have your own and understanding that your music will live on and you're going to be able to feed you and your family after. But as long as you don't get finessed, so don't let them finesse you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's really what Prince represented to me. And I remember I saw a clip recently where um, he was on an award show, like accepting an award, and he was talking that same shit, like in front of all them execs and everybody that was in the crowd. Like he was telling the artists, like, you know you you know you the you the you know like you're the product like you you know like you have the leverage so he was telling people like yo take care of that shit know your worth and all that type of shit he was spitting that shit when niggas wasn't saying that a lot like you said jay-z took that pattern and kind of ran with it too but so that's kind of what he mean to me and it's funny that you brought up michael jackson because that's the when you told me to speak on prince that was the first thing that i thought of was michael jackson and how much that when I was younger, like, of course, Michael Jackson music sound good. And it was, you know, he got classics, you know, best selling album of all time. Yeah, but he didn't own it. He didn't own it. And then he didn't write it. He didn't play no instruments. You know what I mean? So like, but Prince was doing all that. He was playing the guitar. He was writing song arrangements, all that. And of course, Mike, Michael was doing something, you know, but a lot of his hits was Quincy Jones was there and. You know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis was probably doing some stuff, you know, late 80s and stuff like that. So that's why I, I'm just. It was definitely his his voice, his music, his dancing, his like star pill. Michael Jackson had it all. He did. And, he did. Yeah. Quincy Jones was there, but it was only to elevate what Michael Jackson already had. But my point is Prince didn't need no Quincy Jones. He made great music. Now, he didn't make no. Of course, he had hits, hits, but. Michael Jackson had hits though. He didn't have the same stardom as Michael Jackson, Prince then. Yeah, nah. Unfortunately, he did. Because but like, he's too. Michael Jackson just had the the labels. He had everything like backing him. So, and he had that chart that child stardom too. Like he was popping like as a six year old kid. So yeah, and like the longevity from then to 
where he ended off of, unfortunately, is you don't you don't see that like anywhere. We never gonna see it. We will never see that shit again. I mean, from a kid to older. Nah. I mean, you can may, maybe make a little debate with uh. Nah, not really. I was gonna. I was gonna what? Bieber. How was he gonna say Bieber? I was because like I guess it's, I'm not gonna say like from a kid. When I guess when I think of a kid, I'm saying like older, like teens or whatever. But like Snoop Dogg started off really early. Well, he was like nineteen. Like, how his level of stardom, like this, has been going off for years. I think he was nineteen when his first album dropped. Like he was definitely a teen, but he wasn't no six years old. Like Michael Jackson was the the face of the Jackson Five at like seven years old. Like we didn't, we never seen that before. Like Stevie Wonder kind of came close because he was he was popping when he was like twelve years old with um uptight and um yeah when it's like a kid kid there like from that young age you just don't yeah. see it. And Stevie Wonder was playing the piano blind, bro, at twelve years old. Like how like <laughs> like that's how you know you destined for some shit. Like you know yeah they, for your voice to still stand out from yeah that young age until you're older because you know you go through puberty and all that and. I mean, Usher had to go through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Usher was a child star, and he had to transcend until like how he got older and his voice changed. And he might be one of the closest ones to uh, Michael Jackson when you really think about it. Yeah, I was just about to say that too, because yeah, he and he did he trans he transitioned perfectly too. Like he went straight into the adult talk, you know. But like kind of on the My Way album, he was kind of talking some adult talk a little bit too. But and he was like under eighteen, but he definitely transitioned into being like a superstar, bro. You can't go wrong with Usher. Yeah, Usher. Yeah, that, I mean that was the name of his album, like in what the ninety three. Yeah, yeah, I never heard yeah. that one though. Yeah, that was like him at a young age. He was killing it. Like I remember listening to that when I was like around that age. My my family used to play it. Yeah, it was it was huge. Do you remember it being like real? Like, what was? Do you remember like the the subject matter, like the content? Like, what was he talking about on there? From what I know, is like that was one of the albums that was produced by uh, P Diddy. Yeah, when he yeah. was gone by Puffy, and like, yeah, he was still like looking at the tracks. It's like he was still talking about love. Love was here. Think of you. Can you get with it? Like. Yeah. Okay. So like it was they still, still they still like had them like talking to like pretty much the the lady crowd. Yeah. Like, even at a young age. But yeah, but it was like, probably in a in a different way, like in a younger younger mind way. Uh for sure. But you know that he was probably he was definitely advanced. Like he was talking like that talk at a, <laughs> as a teen, like talking to women and women were at his show screaming, throwing their bras and stuff like to him when he was a kid so crazy bro i mean you kind of had to though because you had jodeci like jodeci was popping back then at that time too so how can you compete with them talking some bubblegum type shit like you you kind of gotta up your you know your content yeah like that was ahead of his time for sure Mm-hmm. but yeah man so shout out to prince man all in all that's what i want to say shout out to prince um one of my favorites of all time so go ahead and go into your next one well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, lead it off into this next topic here in this question. 
Uh, that was that was the intros right there. We got a plenty of good ones. There's plenty more uh, that we could have named off, but you know, I'm off a bunch. So it kind of leads me to the question of does intros matter anymore? And also what I was saying earlier, how everything today just seems more fast food is quick. Um, a lot of people are just coming out with singles. They're not really, they're not trying to craft the whole project or album. They always want something like an EP, like three or four tracks. They're not, they don't, they, I don't know what it is, but they don't want to come out with a full album. And if they do come out with the album, it's like 30 tracks of like two minutes. Each track's like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's very different. So it's like, does intros matter anymore? In 2022, um, do intros matter? I don't know. You know, I was kind of sitting here trying to go through like albums with, with, intros like you know probably like within the last two three four years and i can't even really remember like i looked at young thugs album the punk intro i don't remember hearing it i've heard that whole album but the intro wasn't one that spoke to me uh the gunner album the intro wasn't the one that i liked a lot like, like i don't know i don't know if it's really that important but we kind of had talked about how they gotta the intro gotta pull you in and i feel like now they don't really pull you in not yeah, like people or, just... or they have like skits and, and stuff like in the beginning. Like, I mean, they did that in the past for sure. Like, I was trying, I was thinking of like Future's Monster, and um, yeah, and also his other other projects that he had, like fifty uh fifty two. Oh, thought it was a drought. Oh, yeah, that was that was a good one though. <laughs> yeah, so important. Um, but that was like twenty fifteen, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a, that was a little while ago, and then but some of the, also the newer artists, like how the baby, like he gets right into it, like right into the song and the music. It, it doesn't really, I don't think it necessarily sets up the album in particular, but I mean the energy maybe, but it doesn't go into like the passages talking about the whole project and what what's to be expected to be expected and get you engaged into like the whole meaning of the album it's like it's just a, a album full of singles and i feel like a lot of artists today they just want like an album full of singles yeah like pretty when, much when i think of like cardi b like I, I saw some recent posts like all her songs became like platinum like an only album to do that which is a great feat for cardi b that's what's up for sure but yeah it, it was just like it was an album full of singles like it, it wasn't necessarily a project from start to end or in, in my opinion but so maybe it's just not as important anymore because i feel like maybe the motives change like people not trying to make i'm not i'm not i'm not saying they're not trying to make good albums but to them a good album isn't great intro story between and then a great outro like maybe that's just not what it is maybe it's like you said just singles you know a bunch of songs that sound good that could chart yeah. That could be played on the radio. So maybe the intro is not that important anymore. Yeah, it seems like they just want to make money. Like most rappers today, they're just in it for the check. It's not really for the art. So, I mean, some artists, of course, they, they still take the beginning to the end. Like Kendrick Lamar is one of those people, like he sets you up yeah. every time, like the album. Like it was even the album, like Damn, where you could play it from the first track like four or you play it backwards right yeah and like you could tell like how much energy and time he puts into it and it's like 
even something like to pivot butterfly where it's like a story so or like yeah every project he puts out really yeah. is a it's a it's a whole story it's it's thought out from beginning to end and it's a project and i mean i, I feel like that's real difference between like some of the greats and the people who just do okay like when i think of j cole like in some of the projects he, he put out mm-hmm. i don't think he necessarily does this well when when it comes to intros and stuff like that you know i think i agree with you on that i do like um from friday night lights too deep for the intro where he used the erica badu sample like that was good i mean that was the second track that was the second track yeah he had an intro and then which was oh like a talking intro yeah then it kind of went to too deep for the intro oh that makes sense it's called too deep for the intro okay yeah all right (laughs) but he should have that should have been the intro like because that's that's his whole thing is being like deep and reflective it's like why not let that be it seems seems like it's just politics to it or something like that or, or maybe just not good at picking the the first song or like born center i mean he did have voluminati was the first um, track i don't remember that one i'm sure i'll remember if i heard it but i think you i think you might be kind of right i don't think he kind of hits the mark on his intros as much as he should yeah i'm just um, thinking of like some of the more top name artists right now like and they rapidy rap type of niggas, but Drake Drake can do a good intro. Yeah, Drake. Drake not no rapidy rap nigga. Yeah, for sure. But like when it comes to projects, normally Drake tries to when it's something that he sits down to do. Like he tries to have a complete project where he has like the songs where he sings, he raps, and it's like it's a story like of his life and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you think of an artist today that really raps about like they life and it's just become really successful, how much money is made? It's like it's really unrealistic for the subject matter that Drake talks about. You think he, so? he really is just talking about him, but I feel like it's just, it's just it's surprising that it's so relatable to people. His right, lifestyle. Everybody don't live that. Yeah, exactly. But he's a quotable, relatable artist, but. His lifestyle really hasn't reflected very relatable to a lot of people. Which is so interesting, though, because they never, they probably will never understand what his life is. Like, that man got too much money. Yeah, and he started off as a child actor, and he never really got into that shit for real. Like, and I mean, he got into like the family aspect of it by how his relationship with his father. And his mother and stuff like that, which yeah. is probably as much as we really got into like how his acting career and like how he was kind of growing up. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, other than that, he kind of just like he briefed over Degrassi and then went on to his fame and to the music. And he, he almost got hard. Like he he started getting more hard in terms of his music. He did. He started he started rapping more and not like really trying to sing or. Almost like being a backpack rapper, like, yeah, like he, he got more like he start hanging, trying to get like people underneath him. Like you had the Twenty One Savages, um, the tracks he did with Migos and things of that nature, like Versace. Yep. Yeah. So he kind of ch- would start branding himself differently, which is interesting because, like you said, he did start off backpack type shit. Like he was definitely heavily influenced by Little Brother. 
Yeah. Even some some say Joe, he was influenced by Joe Budden a lot too. I mean, he was influenced um, by Kanye. Oh yeah, of course, yep, Kanye. But then, like you said, he did kind of make that transition. But did the intros get better? Do you think? Like, I mean, when when it came to Take Care, yeah, it did. And uh, Tuscan Leather. Well, I can't. What is that album called? I can never remember. Um, with the blue cover. Uh, fuck, I don't even. Oh, know. Oh, when you're but, looking at the sky, uh, sideways. Yeah. Yeah, we just we brought it up earlier. I just can't remember the name. Oh, that album was nothing was the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like after that, did he have any good intros? Like, what was the intro to uh, What a Time to Be Alive? Was that Jumpman? I mean, that was a collaborative project. That I don't, I don't really count that for real. That was what Future. I mean, the next project I, I would probably think about is uh, Views, and the first track was Keep the Family Close. I don't remember how that sounds. Uh, that was that was a good uh, intro right there, and uh, yeah, and that, that's another reason I feel like Drake really. He normally, I feel like he takes time with like his 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 albums and crafting it together. He's very peculiar, and then, but I can see like the difference where Certified Lover Boy so it'll be, and it just seems like it was very lacking. Yeah, like it, it wasn't. That much thought wasn't just doesn't seem like it was put into that album like that we're used to from Drake. You know what the interesting thing is like I feel like that's how people thought about if you're reading this is too late, but I feel like now people understand like oh that shit is actually kind of dope. Or maybe I always thought you, that fire was uh, album was fire. That was like his more hip hop, rap like all rap album. Like that was the first one like he really put that was all rap. And I, I really fought with that one. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I don't know. I felt like at the time, people was like, nah, this shit is uninspired. Like, he was just doing some shit. Like, kind of what people saying about CLB. But I I feel like I always kind of fuck with it, too, though. I mean, the first track on that one was Legend. Mm-hmm. Which was a great track. I want to say that's a great track. To start off the album? I don't know. Like, present himself and, like... That's what I am now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I've made it. Now. Like I'm here. If I die, I'm a legend. Yeah, like he was like literally like he was cementing himself in stone. Like it, it doesn't matter what I put out anymore. Like, like I'm a legend. Like I've, I've already reached a bunch of accolades that any all these rappers can even dream of, and the numbers <laughs> that they can even dream of. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a legend already. That is interesting. I never thought about it like that. So, I don't know. I guess I guess intros mattered in 2015, but like in 2022, I don't think like it only matters to like the big name artists when when you think of like the top artists and when they're trying to craft a story or craft their albums, it matters to them. But the newer age artists, um, they just don't hit the mark per se. Like, we can name off, like, of course, like, when, that, when we name off those type of artists, but when we start naming off younger artists, it gets a lot harder to be like, eh, this intro was, it was cool. Like, a lot of, there's a lot of cool intros from. Like, it's a good song. It's, it's a good song, but it's just not, it's not what we remember intros to be and, like, to really start off an album and understand where the album's gonna go 
it's just it's just a good song that you know it's like people are clicking and they want to hear like the first track like they want a good song it's for numbers game it's a numbers game like so like, oh i hear the first song like that's good they hear the next one like they're they're, putting, they're having the people albums on shuffle they're not listening from start to end anymore they're just putting the album on shuffle or, or the top songs are put into playlists so which I like albums like that too, but yeah, like you said, it's just not this, the definition of what an intro is and should be is like not what it was, I guess. But you know, I would be kind of interested to like see other genres and see if intros are important in other genres like rock music or like, you know, like I don't know. I feel like it's probably only important. I don't know. I guess, of course, hip hop is important because you know if you got an album about a subject. I mean, rock music. Know. They put intros in there, but like even with rock music, it was more like, like it was like the song, it was like the beat playing and like instruments, and that's how they will start it off. But does it? Do you feel like it's the same thing? Like, what is the definition for an intro for a rock? Like, what is what's the intro for a rock song? for a rock album supposed to be like i don't know i guess i gotta do my do my research on that and figure that out but i feel like it's the it's the same for anything it's like is it creates the mood or the vibe of the album it's it's the beginning it's it it shaped like when, when you hear the first track you should understand like all right you should get in the like know what, what you're gonna hear like what you're gonna what you're gonna get yeah yeah and I feel like with rap music, it's it's normally just the beats and the instruments, and you get the like the vibe of the music and what direction that like tune they're going into. Listeners, if y'all got any rock recommendations, definitely let us know. Like, only thing I know is Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix and yeah, Tame Impala. Pink Floyd, um, yeah, Tame Impala, and like, yeah, that's kind of how they kind of did it. It's like. I understood the direction when I like heard those albums and those intros. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get into this next topic, man. So, you know, we're avid music listeners, I, I will say, even though I haven't listened to a new album in like over a month, but I feel like I still feel like I'm a huge music fan. Of course, Rod is as well. So I guess we kind of want to talk about how do we find new music in like how is it how can we even keep up when like so many people drop music time after time week after week so many it's, it's so much man so much to digest so i guess go ahead and start off with talking about how you even find new music these days i feel like it kind of goes from my past and like growing up just listening to music and once i really got into it where the old way i used to do i used to just go on that piff <laughs> yeah yeah and I would just scroll like the, some of the top mixtapes and I would just find artists that way. And then I would just kind of just shuffle through the music and not even really shuffle through the music. But like when I, when I say that, I just be like, like, I'm shuffling through their album. So I listen to one album and then I start going back on their catalog and then checking out some of their past albums if I like the first one. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of went that way for a while. But then when technology started to catch up and spotify apple music soundcloud became bigger then it was like all right now they have playlists and and like you can go to the topics and be like what's new albums is for the week i can just go there and scroll and say oh these new albums 
and also I do that as well as I still have like music type of articles and websites that I check out. I think it's like Hip Hop DX and I look on there and be like, what's the albums for the week? And I like scroll and just to see like specific artist names. Or I go to articles and be like, what's the top albums for the year or in the past few months or something like that? I just scroll and like find new artists. But nowadays, yeah, like like how I found some of like my R&B kind of music and stuff like that. Like a lot of times you pick an artist and then you can, then they'll say, oh, like they'll play a song that's like this. And they'll they'll play music, other type of artists, music, and I'll find artists that way. And that gets me in that mode where I'll be like, I really like that song. So now I'm going to go back and check out some more from that artist in particular. Yeah, let me see what they got. Yeah. But, that, you know, one of the things about that, like like you said, going on the websites and like maybe Hip Hop DX or a Hot New Hip Hop or whatever, I feel like it's not a wide range. Like they only, they probably only put somebody that's either like really popular in like um, industry or they'll put somebody like a sleeper who, you know, is going to come up. Like they don't have like any of the in-between artists. So for me, I get on Reddit. So Reddit, uh, Hip Hop Heads, the, the subreddit, uh, they literally will post any like so many different types of rap. So you'll have like, you know, the popping niggas, you got the underground niggas and they'll, they'll put like new album by, you know, blah, 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 new mixtape by. And so I think that's a way for me to do it. So it's not so I don't get like um, blinded by just like what the what that website wants to put versus like all the music. So I do that. SoundCloud used to be good for that. It did, yeah. But then that's that's only SoundCloud type rappers. Like everybody don't upload on SoundCloud, you know. Um, but then and, uh, with Reddit, also I, I get on Genius. So Genius does like a thing. Like they post an article every month of like January releases, February releases, and it'll be like literally every album that's dropping or gonna drop like in that month. And so it's like it's no genre specific. So it's like everybody. So. If I want to see what's dropping like that month, I just go to Genius and see like, oh, March 25th is going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, blah, blah, blah is dropping. So that's pretty much how I keep up with music. And I haven't been keeping up lately, but when I do, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's normally those quiet times where I really start looking. If, but normally it's, it's so much music from artists that's coming out like that I know all the time that it's never really a time where... I have to really go searching. And then like on albums and stuff, that's really a great way where I learn of new artists if they have some younger artists or people locally like feature on their albums. And I'll, that'll get me into like, like oh, I like I like their verse on this. So I'm gonna go and try to check out what else they got um, and what type of other work they uh, might've put out. But I mean, I understand that may not work for a lot of people if you're not like really in tune to music or, um, have a lot of artists that you're looking for me personally i have a lot of artists i'm always looking for to drop music and i, and I kind of keep up like in, in my mind yeah same here and that's because that's how i found out who like stove guy cooks was and 38 special like i found them because they was on benny shit or they was on like some griselda shit so that's it's just always a good way to just be like oh shit i mean that yeah that's how i found boldy triple x tentacion uh, Smino 
like some of those artists and like even producers like monte booker yeah yeah like it, yeah around that time like you you had your uzis and all of them like they were all uploading to like soundcloud and stuff like that like all those soundcloud rappers that ended up making it big and how much money they were making off off of, uh off of soundcloud and stuff like Just that off a of stream too bro yeah off a of stream is ridiculous they was getting all that shit too because that was, that was probably back when they was unsigned too like just dropping shit just on the independent tip yeah and it was super popular and then until like the industry and all of them just start really getting into the soundcloud management and, and then it kind of just changed because they're like these industries don't want soundcloud and to be reaping all those streams and and stuff like that they're gonna start paying lawsuits and stuff out so <laughs> right yeah um yeah i mean man soundcloud was a time for sure juice world yeah yeah oh yeah for sure yeah i was just thinking about juice world the other day man i don't i don't want to get too deep into it i want to wrap it up soon but it was playing this music at a uh, starbucks i was at i was surprised Bro, that's crazy like and that's what i that's that's what i was thinking about the other day is like he literally because i remember he first came to notoriety after triple x died and he made that legend song and then well actually i think was was all the girls are the same before that i don't know but basically what i was thinking was like he just blew up so quick like astronomically but then they you know then he died like it's crazy it's just crazy how how life works sometimes. And he was so young too, bro. Yeah, so was Tupac and Biggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so let's let's wrap it up here. Like, how do you manage um, like all the new shit? Like, do you have like a list of shit, like a queue of like, okay, I know I want to listen to Conway shit. I know I want to listen to Big Crit shit. So I'm just gonna put a list like in my phone. Or like, how do you manage with so much music? How do you even manage listening to it? I feel like I have a kind of a weird way to manage my music these days where I, I have Apple Music. Mm-hmm. So like everyone who has Apple Music, they know they have like their library list, like the right on the front of all the recent albums or singles they put up. So mm-hmm. I always just shuffle through those. So I'm always kind of like in my like the top 20 or 30 albums or singles like I download. I'm just like having those on repeat until like and I keep downloading. Like stuff so it's like stuff will phase out from the past and then with new stuff so i'm always kind of just shuffling through those albums mm, okay well, that's interesting so that you said like they just kind of put it on the front page yeah when you download something it's just only recently added like i'm only on like your first 30 40 albums or whatever it's, it's on my recently added so i'm just shuffling through those like right now i got of course the buddy album the lucky day uh, the 42 Duh, ESTG, the new single, The Shiners, Tana Talk, uh, Head High, but that new single by Joey Badass was pretty fire. Um, then some new artists that I, I found like on social media. That's another way that you can figure out some new artists and social media music pages and stuff like that. I found this one dude called uh, Big X The Plug and it, it kind of led me down like his music. And I was like, oh, this dude's actually kind of dope. And I, I, I'm kind of waiting to see like what what a full project or EP or whatever he got coming. So, yeah, I mean that's that's other ways. Yeah, you sent that to me the other day. He was actually pretty dope, and I like how he was using the soul samples like 
and and still rapping over it. So like, yeah, I'm kind of excited to hear what he got. But I don't know. That's always such a good thing about music is just just kind of following them like on their whole journey and like when you know somebody got potential to like really make dope music and then like you hear it. You know, like that's one of the most satisfying things for sure. But yeah, man. Um, so I guess should we talk about the last? I mean, you didn't even go into how you mass music. You just asked me the question. Oh, all right. I so mean, let's let's skip. Like, let's probably erase this part. All right. So how do you uh, manage music? Um, honestly, man, I don't listen. Like I said, like I said already multiple times. Like I haven't listened to a new album in like over a month. So, but when I do. I mean, it's not, it's, it's really no rhyme or reason. It's just kind of how I'm feeling that day. So I'll get on Reddit and I'll be like, okay, this is new. Or, or I already know like, yeah, this is what I want to listen to. So I just go listen to it. So I don't, I have like a huge backlog of shit I want to listen to. So I don't really manage it well. But when I do, I just go on Reddit and see what's new. And I listen to that. But I do need to start keeping a list because there's so many albums I missed out on. Like, even over just the past, like, five years that I've never heard. The people probably be like, damn, you ain't never heard that? Yeah, but I, I love that, like, not sometimes not listening to stuff and be like, oh, like, I didn't hear that. Like, I'm going to go back. Yeah. I'm going to hear it. No, yeah, I totally agree with that. Because and we was talking about that with Ace, too, like, with the Kanye shit. Like, you kind of want to let shit die down and then listen to it so I can form my own opinion about it and not what everybody, you know, what, what everybody else says. And that's kind of my like I didn't I didn't listen to um uh was it damn I forgot one of the Isaiah Rashad albums I didn't listen to it for like a long time for the squad I want to say it was um Sons Tyree I didn't listen to it for like like a year and like it was like a year after that and I listened to it finally because I didn't want like any opinions to sway my views you know what I mean so. Um, that's that's kind of how I do it. That's why I kind of let the backlog build up. Yeah. And then Showtime. Just, yeah, exactly. And then I can be like, oh shit, but damn, I was missing out on this shit. You know, it's always a good feeling. So let's go ahead and lead this into the next segment that you guys already know. This is Love and Hate Game, where me and Matt, we both pick a few albums that we've been listening to probably casually or just songs that we heard in the past that we just want to bring up and just test each other and see was this album something you loved or hate there's no in between Mm-mm. that's how we do this game there's no in between it's either you love or hate the shit so yeah go ahead Matt okay let me go ahead and start off with, with uh, my first one so we kind of had talked about these people a little bit earlier like we I think we bring these people up you know damn near every episode but so let me go ahead and start off with Conway the Machine God don't make mistakes. How did you feel about that one? So, like I was like I recently said, like my recently added albums. These are that that was a pretty new album. So it's been one of those albums I've been having on repeat, and I probably heard probably 20, 30, 40 times by now. So this album is definitely set with me now, and it's a really like it's it's a good album. Like, I gotta put that out. Like it's a good album. Um, there's there's definitely standout tracks that like really that I keep going back to, like guilty, stressed, 
God Don't Make Mistakes, and Wild Chapters with T.I. Um, like, there's there's really good tracks. Even, like, the one that, like, surprised me was the Chanel Pearls with Jill Scott. And Jill was on there rapping, like, along with her vocals. I was like, golly. Like, Jill is, like, she's so talented. It's, it's, it's crazy. And it's so it's, like, you get those, like, real, like, classic kind of songs and, like, things that you just don't expect. And, like, with music, it's, it's you don't really see that every day. And I hate, like... Like matching some artists up to others and like a certain standard. So I feel like that's easily with more local people. You put them, you put them in the standard of just like the elite instead of matching them off of the time era and what went on at the time. And I feel like that's a big difference. But I, I feel like this one's definitely I, I'm gonna put out there and say I love because it was a brush of fresh air when I like when I listened to this album. It was it was so much about him and his introspective, like more than just like coke bars or being on the street like that. It was actually like this nigga said, like I hate looking at myself in the mirror and I be crying sometimes, like and like and that shit make him stressed and like he, he get real deep and like has his kids and stuff, has baby mama and stuff, like really like letting him see his kid and like she got beef and it's like. Even though his fame is like, so it, it, it's, it's deep, like in a sense. So I like, if you, you got to really just go check this album out. God don't make mistakes. Yeah, sounds pretty introspective. I still got to check that one out. Yeah, go ahead with your, uh, with your first one. This one is probably from a little while ago. This is one from Todd Dollar Sign, and it was Free TC. Free TC. Um, I think off top, I want to say hate. Just because I don't remember, I don't think I like every song on here. I'm looking at the deluxe right now. Um, That's the thing. It was in, I don't know. I'm going to let you go ahead. Okay. Um, let me see. Let me look at the track list, the original track list. Honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't love this album. I got to say hate. But I do really, and I always still go back to that, the intro song. That's a, oh, okay. We were just talking about intros. This is one of my favorite intros to the LA with Kendrick and Brandy and James Fauntleroy. Like so many of my favorite artists of all time. Um, I love that intro. I love Straight Up with Jagged Edge. Uh, other than that, shit, I don't really fuck with a lot. Of, I think Sitting Pretty with Wiz was cool. Um, I mean, there was some staple. good tracks on here. I mean, it was Miracle. Miracle. Um, I don't remember Miracle. Is that the one where he. Was Miracle to do with the where it was the one where he was from jail? Yeah, that was his, that's his brother. Yeah, yeah, with TC. Yeah, nah, but I don't love this album. No, I gotta say, hate. Um, I do love, really, really love some of the songs on here, but as a whole, nah, can't fuck with it. Okay, that's fair. So let me get into my next joint. So let's keep it Griselda. So Tana Talk Four by Benny the Butcher. How you feeling about that one? Again, I feel like this is one of those other albums where I'm comparing it to what people release today. And hmm. You're having a tough time with that one. Yeah. I, Cause it's like it's like I really don't want to say I hate this album. <laughs> 
but there is like that that song with J. Cole. That Johnny P's Caddy. I hate that song. I don't um, understand why. I understand, but I don't understand. But there's some really good tracks on here. And when I think of like Ten of Talk 3 and like how much I love that album. And then I listen to this. It's really great. Like it's a really great album for sure. Um Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm going to have to go with Hate. I'm Solely because of that one song? Nah, I feel like I'm matching this up to 10 and Talk 3 and then some of like the hits on that album. It's like, yeah, I really do. I, I do definitely lo- like this album. I've listened to this album plenty of times. Like, I really like Thory's Revenge. I like the song with uh, Westside Gun, Guerrero. Weekends in the Perrys, which like had a standout Bodie James verse. Ten more commandments. I didn't really care for Diddy's ad libs on this. Mm. Um. Yeah, he was just. It just wasn't on topic. <laughs> and you just talking about some like real estate, real estate, real estate. It's like this man's talking about cult sales. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, how you so wise? It's like, <laughs> Benny, come in. Are you serious? Like it just be like it's just <laughs> ah it was a weird track, like um, it, it is dope that he kind of patent. I ain't gonna say passed the torch, but it's good. That's cool that you know he was on the original. Well, was he on? I don't know if Diddy was on Ten Crack Commandments by Biggie, but it's kind of cool that he was you know kind of saluted Benny like that. I mean, there's not many rappers who could really talk on what what that what that game was really like unless you really lived it and. Yeah, that's true. Benny's one of those artists who can't talk on it. So allegedly, I mean, he he went to jail and stuff. So, nah, no, I'm just saying for a few years. So I mean, like, yeah. So I, I mean, it's just solidified. Yeah, <laughs> and his name was in the news. So I'm just saying allegedly, so we don't get jammed up. Like he was talking about this. No, nah, no, nah, it's, it's already public knowledge. He he put it out. Oh, okay, okay. He's, yeah, shit. That's him. his music, shit. It's all in his music. So you got to say hate though, just because of that one song. Nah, I, I went to some other songs that like I just I didn't completely love, like the one with Diddy and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, I mean it's, it's cool. It's a cool project. Yeah, but like you said, compared to Ten to Talk Three, like man, I don't know. But you know how it is? sometimes it be that effect where it's just like. The first thing that you hear from this person is always going to be the dope, the dopest thing you ever hear from him. I don't know, cause that's how I feel about Ten to Talk Three, cause that was the first one, and I just really fucked with it. But like everything after that, it just doesn't seem like it measured up to Ten to Talk Three. See, you that's know? the thing. I don't believe that at all. Um, I really like the Benny the Butcher Project, uh, Burden the Proof, his album that he had with Hit Boy, and. There was a lot of tracks. Like I, I love that album. It was good. It just so, I don't know. Ten to talk three just sounded different. Like the beats on there. Like I mean, it's supposed to because this was that was the street rap, but Burning Proof was more Hit Boy and more today's type of beats and him rapping on. So it wasn't. It's it's him. It's him transcending. And now he's like the face of Def Jam. So he has to appeal to a bigger crowd and a bigger audience. And it's not just the local. Um, 
cult rap and underground scene that he's, he's trying to appeal to anymore. And a lot of people, like, the issue with, like, Grizel and Ben Butcher, they'd be like, it's always that old school boom bap, like, cult beats and stuff, grimy sound, and not much of rapping on today's beats. So they, people don't really know if they can rap on them. So I feel like that was a great project. They proved it at this point. Like, Conway and um, Benny have both done the current beats, and they sounded just as good. So Yeah, and the, the thing is with Westside Gun, like, he is making these beats current. Like how he's producing, like he's taking those old school beats and he's he is pinning his own like spin on it. And so it's it's really just like you peel off you just don't want to hear this shit. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's a, it is what it is. Like just say that to him. Like don't, you know, don't talk about the beats, you know. But so Alright, so you gotta hate that one. Alright, let's go ahead into that next one. I'm gonna go into another R&B album, and this was Apollo 21 by Steve Lacey. Oh yeah, man. Uh, let me pull up that track list. So Steve Lacey, for y'all that don't know, he is the bassist. Uh, no, he's not the bassist, cause yeah, the guitarist, um, bassist of the internet. Yeah, I think Patrick Page is the bassist for the most part, but I think he does play bass on some of the songs. Um, so Apollo 21 by Steve Lacey. Uh, damn. Uh, I want to say love because I really like most of the songs on here. Solange was on here. Um, damn, I can't say that though because I feel like let me let me play this one. Oh no, I like that one too. I like Guide. I like Basement Jack, Playground. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say love. This album is incredible, incredible to me, and it just sound different. Like every that's what that's what I like about Steve Lacey. Like his shit just sound so interesting and so different. And then the fact that he just be making this shit on his phone on a Garage Band is like even doper. So um, I love Hate Coming Down. Um, love too was Love Too Fast. Yeah, I fuck with Love Too Fast. Love Too Fast kind of sounds like um. What's that song? I think it's Pride from uh, from Kendrick Lamar's album, from Damn, which Steve Lacey also produced that too. So yeah, I fuck with that one. Inside is incredible. Like, you know, like it's 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 just a really good project from yeah, Steve Lacey. Inside, Playground. Yeah, Playground is crazy. He was he kind of like again bringing Prince back up. Like I don't, I don't want to put that on him, but like he kind of reminds me of Prince in a way, just because he makes his own shit and plays hella instruments and does it all himself you know he kind of reminds me of him in that way and yeah so i really fuck with this album yes sir so man let me go ahead and wrap it up with my last one six nine title tales that was his last his most recent album how you feel about that one are you stupid <laughs> this album was fucking fire uh, here you Six go, nine, man. man. Where you been? <laughs> God damn, man. Like you be always fucking uh fucking off and like the game really misses no. six nine. No. Like no. <laughs> how he be trolling these so called gangster rappers and like really exposing them for what they are. 
Like, there's so many people who said what they was gonna do. Where Meek at? Mm-hmm. Like, silent. I, I just don't get it. This man's coming out here, came out of jail. Meek came out of jail, but he ain't doing 6 9 numbers. Nah. So, I don't think he ever has. It's just like, man, this this guy's a talent. <sighs> he who he got? He we had on this. He had a little act. <laughs> Get had, the fuck out of here, man! <laughs> <laughs> he had on he had on smiles. You said he had a little act on there. Man, left side. Uh, okay, I'm trolling. This shit was trash. This oh, shit was not good. Like I I did not fuck with this project at all. Oh um, shit! I thought you was real. Nah. It was uh, so much anticipation. I know he had this locked up track that he did with Akon. Oh, man. So, that was boo-boo. Yeah, but it had potential, though. Like, come on now. The original is, is a classic. Yeah, it just shouldn't have been 6 9 doing it. Niggas don't want to hear locked up after you came back from snitching. For real? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, this, this, dude, this dude's a comedian, for real. Like... But Loki, it made me look at Akon differently too. Like you really did this, bro. I'm not surprised. You don't, no? I'm not surprised. Damn. Akon's yeah. a money man. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh as long as right the chick big enough, like he'll make a song. Yeah. So alright, so I'm gonna go on to my last pick right here. It's new beginnings from a TDE relevant uh, it's pretty new, pretty new artist. I'm gonna say reason, because like he hasn't yet the, but he has to prove himself really on TDE in my opinion. Yeah, like he's been in some features, he has some projects and stuff like that, but no, no big noise or anything like that. Like in my opinion, he's still pretty local. Not many people would really, really, really watch it for him like that. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what you think? <sighs> I mean, off top, I'm just gonna say hate. Uh, there's some songs on here that I really fuck with. Of course, Extinct with Jid, Flick It Up with Absol. Man, I love that Absol verse um, on Flick It Up. Of course, Sauce with Vince Staples, West Side with Mareba. Um, so mostly all the ones with features on it, <laughs> I really fuck with. But everything solo, I'm not really fucking with like that. Like it's cool. So Stop is cool. Like that's I think that was his his uh, single after Flick It Up. I mean, I like stories I forgot. That's the second record. Let me see what that sound like. Um, that's probably one of my favorite tracks off, off of this. I just song. played like five seconds of it. And I don't remember what it, I don't remember ever hearing that one. And I know I heard it before, but um, yeah, I'll say overall, I just don't like this album. So I gotta say hate. Yep, yep. I mean, that'll be my answer as well for this one. Um, yeah, like but, you said, he still gotta prove himself in in this shit. Like he's dope at rapping. Like of course he can rap, but like. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's good rap. It's good rap songs. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's just like his generation of rap is like, who you compare him to? Like, and then saying it's trash or what you love or hate. It's like. Yeah, that's, that's hard. Because like who, he's obviously like, I ain't going to say top tier, but like he can rap. Yeah, and tell like stories and get a little bit deep. But <laughs> yeah. It's just really, do you give a fuck? Like, <laughs> right, that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and it's just be like, I don't give a fuck about your yeah. stories. Yeah, and yeah. it, you didn't connect them with me, and I'd rather turn up to 
to some drill music in New York. Like, where the Fabio at? So, and Pop Smoke. You know him and uh, Nicki just released a, a single? Him and Fabio, or Nicki and Fabio? I didn't so. hear it yet, but I'm definitely going to. Yeah, I, I me mean either, but I'm sure it's going to be fire. Even though I don't, I don't really fuck with Fabio like that. I think he's kind of basic. I fuck with uh, Nicki, so that's why I'm listening yeah. to it. Yeah, you're, you're clearly a barb. Okay, it's okay. I think we're all barbs here. Shout out, Nikki. So let's go ahead and outro this uh, episode. And again, this is the Friends Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our Instagram, our YouTube. We're on Apple Music. We're on Amazon. We're on iHeart. Anywhere you could think of, Spotify, go and check us out. Leave a review. Engage. Give us some topics that we could talk about. Maybe we could pitch you guys on. And we can go back and forth and have some communication there and engagement. So we love you guys and appreciate it. So we're going to go into some highlights and some things that I've been listening to new. I think I mentioned them a bit earlier. And I had a friend who told me about this project in particular. It's from this artist named Orion Sun. I believe that's how she pronounces it. But it was a little EP that she put out just like a week or two ago or something like that, a little while ago, called the Getaway EP. And man, this this little EP, and I started digging deep into some of her past uh, records. She's like an R&B and soul, and she's fucking amazing. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, she put out a new record called Dirty Dancer on the on the Getaway EP, Concrete. Yeah, every every track. It's only a six song EP there. And then some of her like her past pro- uh, project that she had, which was really good. It was a, a collection of fleeting moments and daydreams, and there was some really good songs on there too. That's a great title too. Um, like Anandole, um Space Jam. Like it, it's just a lot of good music that I end up like end up just listening to her shit without even notice that I was probably listening to all of it. Damn. And um, another artist that just recently dropped, becoming very big. Probably one of probably I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there. I'm gonna say this artist here is the future of male R&B. Yes, and that's yes, Lucky bro. Day and Candy Drip. That Candy Drip project from start to end is the amazing project. It's it's gonna be probably a classic. It's very reminiscent of like when I think of Frank Ocean when he put out some of his projects in the beginning of his career. And like, yeah, I'm I'm really loving this track, this this album, like this from from start to begin. And I know like some of the songs he put out the singles, like he had over, he rapped over like that old old Usher sample. And then he had a song like God Body with Smino, and then he even got on with some rappers with N.W.A. with Lil Dirt, which all surprisingly I fuck with that. Then, but just the R&B soul songs in this is just even better. So, shout out to Lucky Day. For sure. It's funny that you mentioned Frank Ocean because they both from New Orleans too. Both R&B singers from New Orleans, so that's interesting. So, I'm going to keep it R&B too, man. So, I got two singles that I want to um I want to highlight. One is like brand new. Joyce Rice and Kay Trinata, man. They got a new song. Damn, I, I don't forgot the title though. Let me see. What's that damn Kay song? Kay Trinata, called? for sure. My, one of my favorites. Yeah, man, that man is crazy. I don't even. I I just want to understand how his how his brain works and how he be producing the shit. So check out Iced Tea by Joyce Rice. That's Joyce Rice W R I C E. 
produced by K Tronada, man. It's so fucking dope, bro. Like it's such a vibe. Like his music is his beats are a vibe and she can sing her ass off. So she's super dope. And then also let me shout out India Sean, man. India Sean has been dope for like a long ass time. So she's an R and B singer. I wanna say she's from Atlanta. And she got a song with Black, who was also from Atlanta, called Not Too Deep. And I just been playing that shit over and over again. Really since it came out, but I just it just kinda resurfaced for me uh you know kind of recently so shout out india sean and black not too deep and iced tea by joyce rice and katronada check them out definitely download the iced tea right now anything katronada drop automatic download bro you gonna fuck with that shit too that shit is so it's such a vibe man i'm mad i missed this uh show out here in new york and i couldn't make Bruh. it because of work but yeah man the next one for yeah. sure yeah, anytime you can go to a Katronada show. Even I ain't never have I ever been to a Katronada show? I don't know. We was gonna go in Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, but bro. Corona fucked that all that up. So. Bro, like that shit would have been so dope, bro. Yeah, right in his hometown. Yep, exactly. Oh yeah, he is from there. Yep. So Alright, but yeah, so let's that has been the uh Friends Podcast, man. Just as Rod said, go ahead and check us out every damn where. Um interact with us and subscribe. all those kinds of subscribe. Yep, subscribe. That's the main thing. Subscribe, man. We trying to engage. You know, yeah, man. Engage, man. We trying to do big things over here at the Friends Podcast. So make sure you guys are um, rocking hey. with us. Yeah, some shit. Put a period or something. Something. So Let we, us know so you we listen. know. You know. Yeah, man. So yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and get up out of here. So thank you for listening and peace out. Peace.